Annie. And I'm Jordan. And this is Death in the Northwest. A podcast about two very beautiful, young teachers. Vivacious. Vivacious, voluptuous women who spend a lot of time censoring themselves. During the day. During the day and then need to let loose. Talk about Myrtle. Myrtle. So my mom... um, she shared our podcast yeah. on her Facebook friends. Cute. And she screenshotted the picture of my mom's all about screenshots in the Facebook. She, <laughs> she loves Facebook. And so she took a picture and she had it was the picture of us when we have the wine glass. And it's she from goes, like that first episode. Yeah. That we recorded. And she goes, yeah. it's, this is Jordan's classroom um, slash podcast studio. The wine is only involved during the podcast, not the teaching. That's what you think. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you think. Of course, it's not involved during the teaching. No, it's not involved during the teaching. Bad joke. Yeah. Um, but it is, that is really cute. I feel like parents, I, my mom has been very excited about this too and has like shared it with a lot of her friends and has like left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. It's very cute. Yeah. It's nice to have that parental support. But, um, mm-hmm. Oh, in my, that was funny, in my, in her little comment, she like, she had capitalized, um, what she capitalized, she capitalized podcast and she capitalized something, she, she did a whole bunch of like things wrong, like incorrectly, sure. and so I fixed her grammar, and was, like <laughs> saying like, mom, like e- this needs to be capitalized, this is, a, this is a called a common noun, it's not a proper noun, yada, yada, yada. Come you like, like teachered her? Come on, my, my second graders even know this, and she goes, you know what would have been nicer to receive was a thanks mom for thanks for supporting <laughs> my dreams. Thanks for supporting my podcast or promoting you my dick. podcast. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, mom, you suck. Your grammar's bad. Just kidding, mom. Love you. No, you're Miss Miss. I won't say Miss M. You're Mrs. M. You can call her Amy. Amy, you're you're a mensch. Uh, God, I had so many things I wanted to tell you. For what? Okay, first tell off, me about. Oh, first of all, wait. Okay, so you can tell this, but we have our first listener suggested story yes um that is a washington tale that's happening right now let me pull it up actually pull it up a little maybe you can just give us like a synopsis because mm-hmm. i think it sounds incredibly interesting yes and this was actually thanks to our family our mm-hmm. listener and tale is from my aunt <laughs> <laughs> but my aunt um also really loves true crime true crime and so she got into it too so it goes Hey, Jordan and Emmy. Aunt Deb here. I just discovered <laughs> and loved your podcast. You girls are naturals, and I appreciate the research you put in your cases. Thanks, Aunt Deb. Thanks, Aunt Deb. We hear you, girl. Yeah. We love you. And she goes, unfortunately, I have a case for you, too. A 41-year-old woman and her dog from Anacortes went missing on September 10th, 2020. The last man she was seen with, also from Anacortes, is bad news and was convicted to prison for four years in 2013 for aggregated Assault on a woman after she she reported he strangled, punched, and kicked her nearly to death, and he was released in 2018. So she was living in the area at the time, um, and she didn't own a car. She was living in a hotel, but she still would make her way to work. And um, wait, I don't feel like I feel like we shouldn't tell too much more. No, we shouldn't tell because I want to. I I want to cover it. I wanted to cover it. Yeah, I know it's good, but it's good. But good job, Aunt Debbie. So it's awesome, and it's and it's ongoing right now. Yeah, it's ongoing now, and Aunt Debbie is like on the case. She's going around in the area and like she's doing her own. She's doing her own investigative work. Yeah. Yeah. No, we got to get Aunt Debbie on on the podcast. Aunt Deb is gonna be on the podcast. I love it. We could have we could have our own. We could have our own little um like wine night. Oh, I was gonna say up and vanished moment where we like follow a case as it happens. Oh yeah. We do updates. So Aunt Deb, good job. 
And well, yes, Aunt Deb, we will have a wine night with you tonight yes. and have you give us. Oh, some Aunt Debbie loves wine. <laughs> Gross, too. <laughs> it's one in the same. One in the same. I know. It's oh, it's funny. It's like everyone says Aunt Debbie. I'm just like a young Aunt Debbie. Like I am <laughs> a little, gonna... a little spunky, a little like um, I'm a little off bit, my rocker. Uh, uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, uh, Aunt Debbie. <laughs> I'm a little Aunt, <laughs> Aunt Debbie. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> How many times can we make Shit's Creek references in our episodes? Oh. The same reference, actually. The same reference. The same reference the over and over reference. again. Okay, what I really wanted to tell you about, though, was that um, there is a house of guys who listen to our show in um, Kenmore, Washington, and they came up with a drinking game yes. for the show. Love now, it. One For our show, one of them is is my friend and he will not tell me the rules because I know that they're secretly just disparaging to us. us. Yeah, exactly. That's fun. We, you can make fun of us. You can make fun of all you want. But what I, so I tried to go, I tried to go about a different way of finding it. So I texted one of the other boys who I follow on Instagram in the house and I said, heard you got a game going. We want to publish the rules to the drinking game for our podcast. Can you send them my way? And he definitely sent me a revised version that doesn't have all of them. But this is what we have so far. Is drink every time they explain a technique used in forensic science. Drink every time Emmy says she's been to a place from a story. <laughs> <laughs> drink when they talk about being teachers. <laughs> drink if they sing. <laughs> Finish your drink if the killer is revealed at the end. So only, I, I guess just only only our cold cases don't cold have, cases, yeah, yeah. we usually tell, talk about the killers, but um. And then finish your drink when they talk about Carl or Finn. <laughs> now they can add Salem to it. Yeah, and you want to know what? If you're gonna finish a drink each time we talk about our pets, you're about to get you're about to get alcohol poisoning. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Oh my God, Salem today. What did you do? Did you see that? Oh, Instagram? the picture that you posted. So he curled up an entire curtain. Yes. So we have. I mean, how many feet off the ground do that is? I mean, like six feet. Six feet off the ground. Yeah. Seven feet is our curtain. It's a long one, and I was it was it's right behind me as I'm teaching. Um, as I was teaching today, I didn't feel like being in my office, but anyways, I was in the kitchen. So, and I hear you know him like playing with the curtains. I'm like, oh okay, Salem, come on, get down. So you think I'm, he's just down at the bottom. I'm like, like yeah, I'm him. just trying to grab him behind me. I'm like, why can't I touch him? And I look, I look behind me. I'm like, oh my god, that cat has climbed all the way to the, the top, very tippy top, the very tippy top, and just hanging there, and he's, he's just clinging on. And I had enough time. To get up out of my seat, to open up my phone and take multiple pictures of you the had cat. a photo shoot of him. We had a photo there shoot for his up there, life. and yeah. he just was hanging up there. It's very, um, it's very hang in there, buddy. That yeah, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, like, yeah. The motivational poster. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's really got that. He's going really on got that going. And he just little cocked his head. He didn't look scared at all. He's like, "What are you looking at? This is this is fine." It didn't look like his bottom legs were attached. Was it just his top? Yeah, it was just his top. Yeah, it looked like his bottom legs were just hanging, hanging free and loose. Yeah. <laughs> what a little shithead. Look, is he's Aww. so fucking cute though. He's so I love cute. This kid. If you don't follow us on Instagram, you, you should follow us at Death in the NW Podcast because you can see pictures of him. Oh, or you can just go follow. I, they have a podcast too. They it, have a podcast. I'm not a podcast. Oh, I was like, <laughs> what? Jordan, who's listening to a podcast about your? What do they do on them? <laughs> Sounds like a real quiet podcast. Cat <laughs> ASMR. Cat ASMR. Just them going. Um, no, they have an Instagram too. It's at Finn F I N N A N D S A L E M. At Finn and Salem. At Finn and Salem. 
He's they're very cute. Carl they're doesn't have cute. his own podcast. Or I mean not fuck god damn it. Carl doesn't have his own Instagram. Oh Kaya has her own Instagram. Yeah. It's what it's what Kaya's what's Kaya doing? K A I A. So if you want to go follow my pets Instagrams, oh go ahead. God. So um, again it's One Finn more time and Salem and what's Kaya doing? <laughs> Those are my cats Instagram my animals Instagrams. There you go. If you want to know what Carl's doing, just listen to the podcast cuz Yeah, cuz he's being yelled at 95% of the time. Yeah. He like right now he's sitting in a yeah, he's just sitting pile in a pile of, of toilet paper. He brought toilet, toilet paper? paper? Carl. Isn't this toilet paper? No, I think it's from the pillow he destroyed. Oh, it's from the pillow he destroyed. You oh, are Carl. the worst trained dog menace. in the world and there's nobody to blame but myself. Let me tell you about my um my little story for today first off this is our first episode in a two-part i mean we always do two-part series that have a theme mm-hmm. and um for the next two weeks we're talking about family annihilators yes which uh which is sort of exactly what it sounds like it's somebody who kills and, their entire family and then them included and sometimes themselves included oh that's not a that's it not, is a, not a prerequisite for a family oh annihilator. i always thought it was 80 percent of the time so i did a lot of research on family it's annihilator common, cases but it's not prereq it is it. common in a certain type of family annihilation there mm. are four distinct types of family annihilators see this i didn't know yes so i did a lot of research on this because i just got down this rabbit hole because i just finished watching the chris watts documentary mm-hmm. on netflix the uh it's called american oh you ended up watching that because last time we talked oh i did yet. and it fucked me up mm-hmm. um american murder the family next door is what it's called it's on netflix and if you want to know about family and before i forget yeah i'm gonna forget yeah watch oh god i forgot what's the premise a little madeline mccain um, oh oh oh! I know the case on, of Madeline McCann. Yes, yeah. on Madeline McCann. Yeah, Matt, watch it on. It's on um, Prime. It's on K- Netflix. So watch okay. that too. If okay. You're really into it. But anyways, um, that is a fucked up case. Fucked too. up case, and she's still MIA. Oh like, yeah, she's still totally unaccounted for. Not determined if she's dead or not. But anyways, anyways, another case. We Madeline McCann, right? Man, it's McCann? Madeline McCann or McCain. McCann, I think. M C C A N N. I think McCann. Yeah, but so. Um, so there's some really good, if you're into true crime, there are some very sad, but very well done documentaries mm-hmm. on right now. But so I would recommend going along with these next two episodes that you watch American Murder, The Family Next Door on Netflix, because it's about a family annihilator. Yeah. Um, and so. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't. Um, he didn't kill himself. himself because he's a specific type. Kind of hard to hear. So. So before I get into my specific case, Jordan, I want to talk about the psychology behind family annihilators. First of all, more than 85% of family annihilators are men. Okay. Um, And so that's why pretty much all the information that we have on family annihilators comes from cases about men. Um, And there is not enough information about female family annihilators. To build a profile for them. To build specific profiles for types. Yeah. Um, so right now, what we have to go on is based on research that's been done about male and it's family. It's so hard because that's the male psyche is so much. It's different. different than the fe- than I mean, it's yeah. it's the same way that female serial killers and male serial killers have very different profiles. Can we even, and 
Oh, we, female Syracuse. Oh, we could do female. Ooh, that would be a good one. Are there? I mean, I mean, are there any any in the Pacific Northwest? Too? I don't know. I, did um, Eileen Wernos wasn't in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know. We, we, I'm sure we could find some. I mean, and we have <gasps> multiple. Yes, years. we do have some female serial killers in the Pacific North. I don't know her name, but she's from Gig Harbor. Ooh. So there's at least that one. But anyway, so like I said, 85% of family annihilators are men, typically the husband in a family. Um, mm-hmm. And then 65% of all of those uh, family annihilators are men that are in their 20s or 30s. So it's typically men who have young families. Mm. That is the normal MO. Added stress when you're young. You don't got very much money. Yes. You want to live this uh, yeah, exactly. extravagant lifestyle. And then when we do, when we are talking about women, um, they do not follow this pattern. So when female family annihilators, they don't have enough information, but they know that it's not like, it's not like they're all in their 20s and 30s. So they yeah. often will happen when it's like later in life. Yeah. And then that's what you'll see in my case. Yeah. So it's your case. Too. We'll talk about that. Um, okay. Statistically speaking, when we talk about family annihilators, it's a man. So this, all of this information comes from a British study that looks at um, all these different family annihilation cases between the years 1980 and 2012. Um, and through doing this study, they were able to categorize four different types of family annihilators. And here's what they are. Uh, the first is called the self-righteous killer. So the self-righteous killer, again, almost always a man. Um, this killer blames the mother of the children or his wife for the downfall of their family he believes that she has ruined his life and his chances at like success and happiness and that her children are a like mirror of that. And so they all need to he go needs to get rid of them so that he can start. He a can new. survive. He can like mm-hmm. oftentimes. So this would be like a Chris Watts. Um, they found another woman that they want to be with and having that family instead of just divorcing them and being a divorce. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going to get instead of just finding an amicable way amicable way to split. to split they decide that everything every aspect of having a family is um a weight on them and that they need to start new so that's what happened with chris watts and shenan watts and their two daughters um and again he was having an affair chris watts was and it was like he wanted to be with this other woman and he just felt like you know, this garbage man felt like he needed to get rid of these quote unquote like weights that were holding him down. They're his adorable his little his children. His little girls are so so sweet, cute. and her mom, the mom is adorable, and she seems so sweet. Yep, she seems like a little firecracker. I really like her. Um, okay, so the second Hope type. She, I know, I know. It's you should watch that documentary. It's, I did, I did. Oh, you did. Okay. The second distinct type of family annihilator is called the disappointed killer. Um. Again, almost always the father who feels like his family has let him down in some way. So this can be sparked by the children not choosing like his preferred religion or a career path that he had planned out for them. Or maybe they have substance abuse issues and he's ashamed of his family for that. So they're like really self-obsessed garbage people and they decide that if this family family isn't working out well. Expectations. Exactly. They need to like get rid of this quote unquote like blemish in their life. Um, then the anomic family annihilator, oftentimes, again, almost always a man who will lie about his own personal value and economic worth and, and, and really his, his sense of self lies in how much money he makes and status. Um, 
And then when something happens to take a hit to that, he believes that uh, his family can no longer survive without a certain level of income, a certain lifestyle. And this means that they would all be better off dead. Mm-hmm. He can't provide for them anymore and he can't provide for himself. And often the anomic killer will kill himself as well. Okay, so he, the anomic killer, anomic is killer the will one. kill himself. This is usually triggered by something like bankruptcy or being caught for fraud. Okay. Something like that. And then the final, the last one, the fourth category of family annihilator is the paranoid family annihilator. This one is more, I mean, all of these guys are not mentally well, obviously. Um, But this one typically perceives a non-existent outside threat to their family. So they maybe think that the end of the world is coming. Ooh, like that family in in Arizona, you know? Yes, and that killing their family is the humane thing to do. So they don't have to to live through this pain. Yeah, she killed all of her husbands and and then killed her kids and then killed the husband and... Or did they know they're, she's still alive, though? I don't know. But see, usually the um, the paranoid family kills annihilator himself. kills himself. Yeah. Could too. They're like, We're, I'm saving my family. I'm saving my family. I'm saving myself from this terrible fate. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know what family I'm talking about in Arizona? Like, I know what you're talking about. She moved to Idaho and she lived she with like. She had multiple. She had multiple kids. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know the details I can't, of the I case. can't remember the name That's of her okay. name. We'll, we'll look it up, maybe. Because she was a female family annihilator, yeah, right? Yeah. She, I guess she would have been, yeah. Because she's, she's killed multiple husbands and all their kids. Yeah. Uh, that's like some Black Widow shit right there. Jesus. Anyway, um, so that is the fourth and final type is the paranoid family annihilator. Um, oftentimes, they lose they lose touch with reality. Yeah. And that's a big catalyst for it. Yeah. Um, uh, it seems that typically the self-righteous and the anomic type, so the ones that are um, driven by like, I hate my wife and my i want to be with someone new mm-hmm. and like she's fucked up my whole life that's typical the most typical as well as anomic which is the economical one so like my family can't survive without we this can't level do, of money we can't do it anymore yeah. now if you look at the anomic or sorry no the self-righteous family annihilator a lot of them will do murder suicides mm-hmm. but a lot of them are trying to start over the fresh new life. Yeah. yeah so i'm going to be talking today about um a self-righteous killer Ooh, it's kind of a mix this one is he's a bit of a mix between an anomic family annihilator and so there a are self-righteous mix, you can have a little bit of everything sure you can yeah. be a big fucked up bowl of shithead salad where you're like a bunch of different little <laughs> salad. you know things mixed together um and that is what we have here in this next case okay so our specific story takes place um in Newport, Oregon, really just very south Love of Newport. Newport Oregon. I know it's they, so beautiful. Um, really, if you if you're interested in like ocean life or, mm-hmm. or like I don't know, if you want to go look at a beautiful quaint Town. lighthouse, like go to Newport, Oregon. Alex don't let and story. I went for his fir- his his. It was our first trip together, like. Like us as a couple. Yeah. To Newport, it was. It's really sweet, quaint town. You get a little coastal cabin, cabin. And you drink there's you can drink wine and a couple of wineries and you walk through the town you get some there's really clam good chowder yeah. it's a it's a very to, quintessential west coast down there there's a brewery that's really good down there oh, i have no idea and now this so this story takes place just south of newport oregon um but pretty much within in the, that yeah in that area. area for those it makes the most sense to say newport oregon so like you said, Newport's a small coastal town. It's got really cool museums and aquariums, and it's a fishing town, so it's got a big fishing industry mm-hmm. there. A lot um, of clams. A lot of clams. You can go get really good seafood there. Mm-hmm. Um, but So here's where our story begins. 
I want you to picture this. It is a very cold day in December 2001. It's December 19th, to be exact. And an elderly man. Two days after my birthday. Oh, well, not going to love this. Um, Especially because two days before this, some very bad shit happened. Really? Oh. On your birthday. On my birthday. (laughs) Sorry, Jordan. But on December 19th, um, an elderly man is fishing at the edge of the Alcea River, which is just south of Newport, Oregon, and it's close to where the river opens up into the sea is where he's fishing. So it's like brackish water. And he casts out his rod, and he looks to see where it lands, and he sees a strange white object floating in the water. And it floats closer. The, the, you know, the river takes it in nearer to him. And as it passes by the man, he realizes that it is the floating body of a very small boy. He's wearing nothing but his underwear. The little boy looks well fed and clean, and there's no clear sign of what could have possibly killed him. Oh. And the fisherman quickly calls the local police department and tells them what he's found. And authorities arrive on the scene, you know, very shortly after because this is a big deal for a small town like this. Yeah. So initially, based on the way the boy looks, um, they really think that he just wandered off from his family because he doesn't have any clear signs of, of foul play, you know? They think he may they have, wandered off they and think then he, he wandered off drowned. he drowned. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They guessed that he had not been dead for long before this because there really wasn't any decomp. And the boy's facial features were very much intact. And because of this, they were able to create an image of the boy's face. Um, like a very clear picture. But before this, they just waited a couple days because they thought someone is going to have, someone's going to put out a missing, missing persons yeah. report for this little boy. Yeah. Someone's got to be missing this someone, little sweetie. He is a sweet little toddler boy, basically. Aww. And it's so fucking sad. And um, so they, they wait a little bit. You know, they put out information to the community. But when a couple days pass and they haven't heard anything from a distraught family who is looking for their kid, they, they decide to release the image weird. of his face. Yeah. They send it out. Initially, they don't really get any uh, anything back. And so they end up doing some like door-to-door work. They check with neighbors and people in the area. Really anybody that might have heard something or recognized mm-hmm. this little boy. And finally, just a couple days after the boy's body is found, they come across a woman named Denise Thompson. And Denise says that she recognizes this little boy very clearly. And she says, oh, that's, that's Zachary Longo. She says, I worked with Zachary's father, Christian, at the local Starbucks. And along with the four-year-old, Zachary, and Christian, the family consisted of also mother, whose name was Mary Jane Longo, and the three-year-old daughter, Sadie Longo, and the two-year-old daughter, Madison Longo. I know. So Denise told authorities that um, the Longo family had only been here for about six months and she had quickly befriended them um, through working with Christian and she even babysat the kids from time to time. So she was sure that that was Zachary Longo. So knowing that something was up, especially that this is a local family and no one has come forward with a missing child, um, they say, well, we got to make an emergency welfare check. So police check on the family's home. And the Longo family lived in this beautiful townhouse on the water, right on the coast. Really? And for a family of five with a stay-at-home mom and a dad who works at Starbucks, Starbucks, 
it didn't make any sense. He made $7.50 an hour. And it turns out that they got that condo because Christian Longo, the dad, had lied to the landlord that he did um, like he did like telecommunication work for the phone company. And he made a lot more money, he said, than he actually did. And so when police were able to interview the landlord, they found out that the Longo family was months overdue on rent. And remember, they'd only been here for six months. And yet upon, you know, going into the Longo home and looking at it, nothing appeared to be out of place. The house had all their possessions still there. Nothing had been disturbed. And it was like a really beautiful home. Um, They even said that... uh, there's no way they could have left on a, on a trip any, or anything like that because there were still cups and dishes out, blankets, children's shoes here and there. Um, and it just wouldn't have made sense for them to up and leave. Up and leave, yeah. And obviously we have a body at this point, so that doesn't seem likely. Um, so police aren't feeling great about the situation. Um, they have the body of the four-year-old boy and they cannot locate for the life of them the four other members of the Longo family. So after the welfare fair check, they immediately get the FBI involved because they know this is bigger. Something than is up. Something is up. Yeah. And um, the FBI starts by getting divers and sending them into the water that was near where they found Zachary. So again, this is near the mouth of the river that's leading out into the sea, specifically into um, the y- Yakina Bay is what it's called. Um, and it's the bay that the Longo family lived on with their townhome. You know, that's like right where. Yeah. Yeah. So it's close by to their home. So divers started in the area that Zach's body was found. uh, A little bit upstream, knowing that he was coming downstream, you know. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, within the first day, is what I... I read a couple different reports, but it sounds like it was within the first one or two days. Okay. um, They were diving in the water. And they came across the body of three-year-old Sadie, the middle child. And she was found wrapped in... In a pillowcase that was filled with rocks. Multiple pillowcases filled with rocks. <sighs> presumably to keep her weighed, weighed, weighed down, down at the bottom of the water. Nearby Sadie's body, they found another collection of pillowcases filled with rocks. Which presumably had been attached to Zach. And oh, that's, they got... came undone and that's how he ended up floating yeah. to the top. So now they have two bodies. Um... But there's still three missing. three members of the Longo yeah. family missing. Um, and, you know, at this point, they don't know. Maybe the mother and father are both dead. Maybe the mother and father are gone. But they're expecting to find at least one other child. You know what yeah. I mean? If two are gone, then there has Probably to be Probably the third one is gone. gone. So this information is released to the public. Um, and a tip line is opened by the FBI. And, and information starts flooding in. And a lot of the tips don't lead to anything. But there was one man from Newport who told the story of coming across a man who seemed very distraught um, on the bridge that was right above where the two bodies had been found. And it was just the night before. The man said that he had stopped his red minivan. The, 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 whoever this strange man was, he was stopped on the side of the road with a red minivan. And the caller, the man who had turned in the tip, he asked if the man needed anything. And the guy who was standing there distraught said he just needed to cool off he just needed to cool off and continued to act irrationally so the caller said that he just drove on he was able to give a fairly good description of the man along with the fact that he had a red minivan they used this information and said well this is this definitely be, christian longo yeah. yeah this is definitely the dad 
Now, this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's an odd behavior. It's weird for in the middle of a night someone to be acting irrationally on a bridge right above where two, two bodies People are found are later. dead. Yeah. Yes. Uh, later on in that week, another tip came in from a woman who um, worked as a maid in one of the local hotels in Newport. And this was the same hotel that the Longo family had initially stayed in when they first moved there six months ago. And she had a really disturbing story to tell, which was that one day after the Longos had left and were no longer staying there, she went in to clean the room and she found a trash can that was full of all the children's birth certificates, (gasps) photo albums. What? The wife's birth certificate, passport, photos. All of them were in the trash. She didn't report it. I don't think she knew what to make of it. Um, but they had all been thrown out. But Christians had not. Weird. Very. It just feels very incriminating to me that he, yeah. he kept all of his important documents and he got rid of the important documents of his whole family. His whole family. Yeah. So on December 27th, 2001, um, which was just about a week and a half after they discovered the first body of Zachary, divers made their way out of the river and into Yakuna Bay. And this is where they made a very disturbing discovery. Two suitcases, one large and one small, no. had been sunk to the bottom of the bay not far from the shore. In those suitcases, in the larger one, was Mary Jane Longos, Longo. Um, and in the smaller suitcase was the body of their youngest, their two-year-old daughter, Madison Longo. Oh, my God. I know. Mary Jane's body was stripped naked and put into the fetal position. And there was big purple bruise marks around her neck that were clearly, um, you know, from strangulation. Strangulation. Yeah. Madison Longos was found surrounded by a number of her baby clothes and toys in a suitcase. As like well he as wanted to get rid of all, like, <sighs> reminders of her, I maybe? Yes. There was dumbbells in there to weigh her down as well. She oh also God. had bruising around her neck. The very next day, um, Christian Longo, who was, they were not able to find him. You know, there was like no trace of him in Newport. He's MIA. He was put on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. Good. Mm Mm-hmm. And soon after he was put on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list, remember now it's been a number, it's been like, it's been like a week and a half, two weeks since the first body was found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's dipped. He's gone. After they put him on the FBI's most wanted list, a Starbucks franchise in San Francisco called the FBI and said, <gasps> Hit homeboy go to San Fran and try to get a job at Starbucks? Yes, Fuck. exactly that. He went to San Francisco and he applied for a fucking job at a Starbucks in San Francisco. And on the day of the interview, he never showed up. They figured out, though, what he, like, they figured out his movements because nearby to this same Starbucks where he'd been staying, a, somebody had reported a stolen credit card. And they ended up tracking the 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 purchases the purchases on this credit card and they thought this might be our guy this is guy this is the guy so this guy had bought a ticket from san francisco to texas and then from texas to cancun mexico so quickly the fbi was like well this sounds this is a stolen credit card from the same area that we know he was in let's follow up with this so they got in contact with um the Mexican authorities and they were like okay we're gonna get this guy so they started by just plastering pictures of his face all over Cancun um in every single commercial area that they could find and then in also like the non-commercial areas because I don't know where he's gonna be hiding out um and they had a line there and they said please call with any sort of sightings and then again very quickly calls started to come in and the first was from a Canadian tourist who claimed to have seen him in and around downtown Cancun but it wasn't very uh, that that was the first one they could they could 
they ended up being able to just to actually confirm Determine that it was him was there and then the second one that came was like i was like this okay this guy who brought this call in is my absolute hero so he was a mexican tour guide um who actually ended up having christian on one of his snorkeling tours <gasps> And then he saw the picture of Christian and he convinced Christian to come back and stay at his camp because he was like, I'm going to keep a fucking eye on this guy. He was going under the assumed name of Mike. But this guy was like, oh, no, this is the guy in the pictures. So, again, he brought him back where he could keep an eye on him. And then he immediately called authorities. And now this guy's just staying on his property. What a great fucking actor. I'd be so scared to invite a known murderer, Mur- murderer. to yeah. stay on my property. <laughs> like, But this guy is a fucking hero. So the authorities checked it out. And it was. It was, it was Christian him. Longo. They had found him. Unfortunately, oh, idiot. he's a fucking idiot. There's all of these bureaucratic issues that come around when there's two different countries, like authorities working together. Yeah. So um, it slowed everything down. And for the time being, all that they, all that the FBI was able to do for sure was put Christian under surveillance. And um, I see exactly what this like asshole was doing. Yeah. And so here's what he was fucking doing weeks two and a half weeks was he gonna like strip clubs spending all of his oh, money honey. oh honey two and a half weeks after murdering cocaine his entire family doing, um excursions and snorkeling trips and he was going on diving and snorkeling trips every day smoking pot on the beach getting drunk and romancing and banging women who were there on vacation in oh Cancun. my god and apparently he was like a good-looking guy and he was in his mid-30s and like easily like could get by getting it looks so normal like so yeah. many of these guys do but yeah so right after murdering his entire family, family. he decides he just to go getting make a party, high, party getting drunk snorkeling going on like fancy ass excursions on you know the stolen credit card that he has um and, and and banging hot ladies because he's just an absolute garbage person this should be a reminder to you <laughs> um don't bang everyone you see, Emmy. I mean, I know you. <laughs> I know you, you think do. you know that I would go to Mexico and meet a hot dude and be like, "All right, I'm gonna have sex with you." Or you're like, hot. Sure. Thanks, Jordan. God, glad this is what you think of me. Fuck, dude. <laughs> this is just a reminder, Emmy. Don't bang every man you meet. I don't mean that she bangs every. Well, I mean, I just mean like. Don't have a one night stand because you don't know who they are. Yeah, well, strange men anywhere because you know. Yeah, you're right. Strange men anywhere. Yeah, I mean, Um, this is coming. There are a number of times in my life that I look back on now as a grown a woman where I'm like, I cannot believe I'm fucking alive. Okay, so (laughs) how I met Alex. Yeah, (laughs) this is a great. Okay, so you take your own advice, woman. (laughs) So I am very homebody, and I don't like to go to clubs. I hate dancing. I don't like when people touch me. If people are sweaty, I'm not like I'm not one to like go to nightclubs. So I went to this nightclub in Seattle called Foundation, and now it's shut down. It's the grimiest. It's the (laughs) grimiest. So it's my first time there. I'm in a bad mood because. I got drugged there once. Oh, yikes. Yep. Yeah. Well, I was in a bad mood because I just didn't want to be there. And I was just like kind of over the group I was with. I go to the bathroom and I meet this girl. And she is just so friendly. So nice. <laughs> as one is in the bathroom. Yeah, as the women's when bathroom you're when you're drunk. Yep. And I'm like, I'm just having a horrible night. And I, you know, I t- explain why I was so bad. And um, she goes, well, just like come hang out with me. Like, 
all right like i'm gonna leave my friends i'm with and then i'm just gonna go Who hang out with this been drunk and made best friends with a woman yeah so i basically made best friends with her and we're still best friends to this <laughs> like we're <laughs> still friends so this girl happened to be her name is laurel hey laurel so i hung out with them laurel's boyfriend brett of 10 years brett you need to propose to laurel already because like i am <laughs> i'm about to like propose for you because she's the cutest and she's the best you'll ever get brett anyways brett and laurel are best friends with alex so Al- now now we're like we hang out all the time you know anyway so i met alex that i just night. that night left yeah, what'd you do that night with alex <laughs> i went home and then the next day i never left his house till 8 p.m because we were tired and I was just waiting for a car ride home and he he has a different story but I'm like I'm not paying for an Uber ride home and you promised me a ride home so I'm waiting here until you get me an Uber ride home whoa girl <laughs> whoa mama but he has a different record. you were like and then he, I just never left yeah exactly <laughs> and now so we're now a house his, his best friend Louie calls us the bang and hang me the bang and hang because I just we banged and and then and you never left. Hanged. <laughs> I never left the next day, and I never left. Three years later, actually, tomorrow is three years to our is our anniversary. That's very cute. I really like October twenty first. Yeah. So that that is our story. Anyways, that should be. Although that's a one good. That's a good story that came out with leaving people with you, hanging out with people you don't know. Yeah. Um. I still don't advise to do it because you could still get murdered. Nope. Don't and do it. Lucky I did not get murdered and I just found my I have some stories life, from when I was like 19, 20, 21 where I, I'm so sorry, mom, because I know you're listening to this, but where it's well, like. Well, yeah, I know. I'm like, I just call my, myself a bang and hang. Yeah, mom. Alex and I met the bang the first time we met. She'll get over it's it. okay. It, you know what? She happens. knows that anyway. But I'm there sure. are, there are some times when I was like working in Idaho in the back country like, where <laughs> I cannot believe I wasn't murdered yeah. by a strange man who I, you know, yeah, won't go into it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, don't, don't bang men in Cancun or anywhere. Don't do it. Okay. Well, that was a nice, love you, babe. Lovely, like happy sojourn. Before yeah. There we, we go. Real, Sorry. real dark. No, it's okay. So it took two and a half weeks. Like I was saying of, of them looking after him, doing surveillance after he had gotten to Mexico and they'd figured out he was there before they could actually get the go-ahead to take him out. So, on January 14th, 2002, the American FBI agents and Me- Mexican federal agents worked together to apprehend Christian. They found him nude in his cabana, in bed, smoking pot, with, with another a naked young woman. German photographer that he had picked up at a youth hostel. A youth hostel? Mm-hmm. How old is she? I don't know. What the? But this hell? is just this just goes to illustrate what a sleazy piece of shit he was. Yeah. Um. So then he was taken into custody that day, and he was, um, you know, arraigned for the murder of his wife and his three children. Fucked up. Uh, it's really fucked up. So now I want to talk to you about the trial. So I talked I t- about Chris Watts a number of times throughout this. If you don't know that story, again, go watch the go watch uh, the Netflix video. Um. There are. As I was reading about this story, I was like, this is the exact same story in so many ways. Um, These two fall on such similar. I mean, like this really does give credence to the fact that there are specific types of familial killers. And and once you hear this guy's confession, you're going to it's going to blow your fucking mind. So at first, he claimed absolute innocence. He pled not guilty, and he stuck by it for a while. Eventually, through talking to his family, 
he changed his story and he blamed his wife for all of it as one does i am rolling my eyes right now i know well this is what he said he said that the afternoon of the 17th he um he'd come home after work and he couldn't find zachary and sadie the two oldest children the three and the four-year-old but mary jane was there and she was acting very erratically and uh i think he even used the word like hysterical which is just like so annoying when fucking men describe yeah. women as hysterical. Um, he said that he had found her acting hysterical because she had strangled the two oldest children. That's what he said. Sure, buddy. Sure, buddy. She had strangled and killed the two oldest, and she he had caught her in the process of trying to kill the youngest, Madison. And so then did he just strangle her so out of like protection for the her last one? Out of protection for the kids, and then he ended up finishing off the youngest one with strangulation because she was she in so was much in pain. pain yes oh you know i was so mad that she had killed my babies so i strangled her and then the youngest one was dying and i couldn't watch her just suffocate like that so i put her out of her misery the jury of course heard the story and went bull fucking shit yeah you piece of garbage and they accused him. i mean they they, they found him guilty Mm-hmm. And he ended up um, serving life in prison. And because at this point in Oregon, the death penalty was no longer in action. In action, He got life in prison. He would have gotten the death penalty. He got life in prison. And eventually, years later, but he has finally told the full story of what happened. And it's a long one. So they met in Michigan back in 1993. Christian was 19 and Mary Jane was 25. Oh, she was much older. Mm-hmm. You know, for for that for him being 19, I feel like that's much older. If they were both in their 30s, like it wouldn't matter at all. It would have been a big deal. Exactly. So does they, he feel at any time, does he feel like, oh, she kind of took my life away. I was only 19. I was not ready to settle down. He like, never says that, but he does just blame her initially. Eventually, he takes full responsibility. Yeah, yeah. But he really does say like, oh, she was an awful woman. But really, she wasn't. She put up with a lot from him. All of shit. All of shit. So what ha- the first thing that happened um, is that in 1993, they, they met, they got married soon after, and he bought her a 3.5 carat diamond ring for their what? wedding. Which is fucking huge. Huge. And he did this by stealing money from his roommates. <gasps> what the um, frick? And the place that he worked. He stole money from them. Um, and he ended up getting kicked out. They're both Jehovah's Witnesses, and they ended up not being able to get married in the Church of Jehovah's Witness because... Uh, they found out about his like fraudulent doings they got married and they started living like very lavishly like expensive cars really nice vacations um but they were they weren't making any money at all and so soon they ended up in a shitload of credit card debt this is before he worked at starbucks this was all he was doing at this point was conning people he was a con man. He was a, he was a career con man. Oh my god! So um, he still wasn't making enough money for them to be living this kind of lifestyle, and so no. they ended up just drowning in credit card debt. So he ended up starting this um, like construction cleanup business uh, with one of his brothers, and it was somewhat successful, but it wasn't successful enough for him to continue living the way that he was. And he would lie to everyone that he had this like really successful business and he just kept conning people and applying for credit Making cards them and conning people and applying for credit cards. Yeah. 
And he would even uh, forge fake checks from clients so that his money, so that his How intake How does that more. work if you like, so does he just leave the credit cards that the old credit cards he maxed out? He leaves the debt maxed out and then applies for new ones. What the frick? And how do they, how do they grant him? I don't know. I think that there's a lot of companies who feed on people who are like addicted to credit that. card debt. Yeah. You know? So um, eventually though, it, this all caught up to him like it does with anyone who's doing this type of credit card debt. And his car got repossessed. And um, they ended up only having one car for their family, and it was this red minivan, right? Um, Christian ended up getting fake IDs um, to test drive different cars out of state, and then he just took them home. And what? Would, and just took them home and would take them, but he did it under an assumed name, so they couldn't find the they person. They don't have trackers on that shit? I, I don't, this is in the early 2000s That's or true. 90s. I don't know, you know? And he was lying to all of this about Mary Jane. He would bring her the cars as like birthday gifts. Saying that he had like bought them for her. Mary Jane eventually found out that he was cheating on her. She found an email on his computer. Um, and in the email he said um, that she wasn't any fun. That Mary Jane wasn't any fun. And that the kids were like holding him down. So Shaking there we go. There's some head. Chris Watts shit right there. But she fucking stayed with him. Um, he ended up getting no blame to her though. No, we, I, I mean like yeah. being in an abusive relationship is very hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. But so in early September of two th- or in in September of two thousand, um, he ended up getting three years probation and was ordered to pay restitution for thirty dollars worth of hot checks that he had bust that he had written. How much? Thirty thousand. This led to all kinds of issues with them. It led to them again being kicked out of the Jehovah's Witness Church. Um, he just kept doing fraud though. Um, while he was on probation, he put credit cards out in his dad's name and ran up $100,000 in debt. What? Yep. Seven weeks after he was convicted and he had, you know, all of this stuff going on for all this fraud, they just up and packed and moved to Toledo, Ohio into an abandoned warehouse. Anyway, he just ended up, you know, they didn't, they didn't renovate the apartments. He just kept forging checks. He kept stealing identities. And um, he ended up stealing a bunch of tools from different construction sites and like pawning them. And that's how we made a lot of his money, which like you got to steal a lot, I feel like, to yeah. pawn enough. Anyway, soon enough, they were busted and the police showed up to their, you know, quote unquote home in Toledo and uh, they were gone. Everything was everything was still there. They had left all of their, their possessions. They left Mary Jane's wedding dress. They left all their photo what albums. that? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, they left everything. Soon, her cell phone got disconnected because no one was paying the bill. And her family made a missing persons report, you know, because they just couldn't get a hold of her after a number of days. Mm -hmm. And they were worried about her. And they were worried that something really awful had happened to her. Um, And they had no idea that she and her husband were on the run from the law. They had a stolen van. They ended up staying in cheap motels and campsites. And Mary Jane really believed a lot of christian's lies and he was a really good liar and so while while i'm sure she noticed some red flags he was very good at always being like i've got a new job and blah 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 that the company is sending i gotta go like we gotta go it's like it's worth you know two we're gonna make two million off of this so we we gotta go right now yeah she really did buy into his lies so anyway they ended up going from point to point um it looks like based on postcards that she sent to her family, they were in South Dakota at one point. Um, and since they, her family got that that postcard from her, they closed the missing persons case on Mary Jane in Ohio. Well, after leaving 
South Dakota, the next place they know that they were was Newport, Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where Christian had his Starbucks job, which was the first real job he had actually had since he had started that business with his brother doing um, construction cleanup. And, uh, you know, she, Mary Jane really thought like this was a new start from the family and, um, and, and that things had taken a, you know, things are, but she didn't know about the absolute mountain of debt that, that had, he that had, was following, he that he had accrued. Taken um, up, yeah. and so this played a portion in it. So he ended up telling all of this to authorities. They knew a lot of it already. They, they knew that someone had been doing this. They figured out he was the guy who had been stealing identities and doing it. Um, so he admitted to the murders, he admitted to all the fraud, and he admitted to the fact that the combination of being this in debt and feeling like he couldn't ever get his family out of it and not wanting to be a father and a husband anymore were the combination that made him do this. I know. It's so fucked. There's there's no excuse. So what he ended up doing is deciding you know what? I can't handle this anymore. It's too much for me. So I am going narcissistic. to. No, so narcissistic. So he decided, I'm just going to leave it all behind. I'm going to go start a new life. In Cancun. In Cancun. And I don't know if he knew he was going to get caught or what, but he just decided to go. He probably f- didn't think he was that. This is well, the, he's a narcissist. He probably yeah, didn't. Yeah. No. Um, but I mean, that's the story. He ended up, he ended up getting arrested. He got life in prison. Um, he would have gotten the death penalty, but it was um, it had been overturned in Oregon at that Washington. time. Yeah. Um, and now he, you know, he's found religion again in in oh, prison. Boo hoo, fucking whatever. Everyone who says they found religion in prison, I just want to punch in their gut, in their fucking Balls. asshole looking mouth. Yeah. So um, no, no. It's, and now he's doing all this stuff. Like he started a a charity that um, is changing the laws so that, and actually like this is a good thing, but he's doing it now for sympathy, but he's, he started this charity to change laws so that death row inmates can um, give up their organs for science. Um, well, that's kind of cool. It's cool, but, but I, w- but he's using it not because he actually not cares. Not because he cares because he wants like some sort of, he's like trying to get redeemable good behavior. Exactly. Yeah. But to this day, he is in the Oregon state penitentiary. Christian Longo, Christian Longo, and um, that's where he will remain, hopefully until the day he dies. Oh, and then this, okay, even after conviction, once he's in prison, he has pretended to be a really successful stock trader to impress other inmates. So he is a combination of a self-righteous murder and an anomic murder, where it's both totally. money-related and it has to do with him wanting his, to start over himself. a new life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so that is the story of the of the Longo family. Poor it's babies. fucking tragic. And um I don't know, I just feel like I am really always on the fence about the death penalty. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see this guy just like fry. <laughs> 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 yeah, Sorry. I I feel the same. Like I'm a, I feel like I'm on the like, on the fence about death penalty, but there's there's some people that I'm like you should no longer be in existence. If you kill your family, uh, this is so bad because I'm like really liberal, but like 
I don't think that we should be paying for you to be alive I don't want to pay for you my to be. taxes. <laughs> your taxes to go into your, your education. I want my taxes to go to education and infrastructure yeah. and to health care. I don't want Not them to go to this shit. for heads. your life to be continued. That being said, I think there are people who deserve to live after horrific things and, and they can be rehabilitated, but I don't think this guy. I think this, this guy, guy couldn't be. Re- no. Boo, no. boo. Give him the chair. <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately, he was caught in Oregon, not in Washington. I know. <laughs> so that's that's the end of my story. I don't like that story. I, I don't like any of these stories. I but either. I like to listen to them. But I like to learn about them. I like to learn about them. Well, Jordan, for those of you who mm-hmm. like our show, who want to play, maybe we'll publish an official drinking game <gasps> list. Fun. I gotta yes. get I gotta get all the real info from the boys. But um, you know, just uh, follow us on Instagram at death and the nw podcast and like us on facebook at death and the nw podcast <laughs> and follow us on our website at www.deathinthenorthwestpodcast.com spelled pod- out northwest is spelled Sorry, out podcast is spelled out northwest is spelled out talk I we're like half a bottle. Well, no, no we're we drank a whole, whole bottle. bottle of wine. In. <laughs> oh, Jordan! I bought the witching hour, and it was real it was good. good. I loved that. And it was wine. only like eight dollars. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Um, and if you like us, please follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Stitcher. Follow us on uh, Google Podcasts. And Breaker. Break. What is it? Breaker. 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 Nine four nine. Nine five. <laughs> What would your trucker handle be if you were a trucker? Well, give me an example of one. Mine would be meat bricks ninety four <laughs> because my feet are really fat and I call You're, them meat yeah, bricks. That's why I don't like to see your feet. I'd be like meat bricks ninety four signing out. Good ten four, good buddy. I don't know what I would do. I'm not that creative. I can't. Yours do would that. be Mama J. Mama J. Dirty J. <laughs> Dirty J. Dirty J. Eh, breaker breaker ten four. This is Dirty J. Just let everybody know. No, cat lady. No, that's the terrible trucker name. <laughs> Mine. Hey, this is cat lady. 10, 10 <laughs> Good buddy. <laughs> you yeah, would no, get I'm made fun of by all the other truckers. I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. Well, then you know I'm what? I'm cat lady. You can be cat lady, I suppose. All right. That's fair. Anyway. Okay. Oh, do you want to do a goodbye song? Sure. It's the end of the podcast, and I'm sad to say goodbye, but it's time for you to go home and dry your friggin' eyes, cause we are all done with the show, and you are slow poke, and everybody's gotta go home, cause the show is done, and we are live from Nome, Alaska. No, we're live from Seattle. I know, but they didn't write. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.